0: Hello, I'm Anna Bogutska. And I'm Clarice Lotgrey. And this is the next Supremes and American Horror Story Rewatch Podcast.
1: In this episode, Fiona and Marie team up to take down the Delphi Trust, and Stevie Nicks drops by for a little song.
0: <laughs> I like that you wrote a little song. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Today's episode, titled The Magical Delights of Stevie Nicks, because why not, was written by James Wong and directed by Frequent HS director Alfonso gomez which was also the pairing behind the episode The Replacements, but we've already spoken about their past Careers. So let's jump right into the episode. And I know I'm, I'm dying to talk about Stevie Nicks, but I'm not going to start with Stevie Nicks. We've got to build up to it. Yeah, yeah, we're going to build up to the to the little song and dance number. So we start off with Mary Laveau and Fiona Good coming together after the terrible massacre at Cornwall City and teaming up together. And we'll find out a little bit more about how. Marie got her mortality or who's who she got it from mm, which is mm-hmm. basically she sold her soul to Papa Legba who's a new um new character that comes up in this episode for the first time played by um Lance Reddick who is ma who's an amazing <laughs> tv character actor who I love I- I'm always really happy when he shows up what do you make of this new pairing of Fiona and Marie it's
1: interesting.
0: Hmm.
1: I was a little bit, hmm, when Marie said to Fiona that she sees themselves as equals. She um, says, you know, even in the guise of an enemy. Mm-hmm. I." She's immortal.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're not equals. Marie is more
1: powerful. <laughs> yeah, she is like an immortal... Voodoo queen, storied history of you know witchcraft and and community mm-hmm. work. <laughs> you know has this incredible legacy. Fiona is powerful, but she's also like a shitty supreme who's been shitty for entire life. And and I just like I don't know if that really rings true for the character. I don't know. I it didn't make sense for me for. Marie to say that because surely she would recognize that she is obviously more powerful than her
0: yeah there's a couple of uncharacteristic moments of weakness from both of them it's like that first scene rang really untrue to Marie Laveau's character and I can sort of see it being in the throes of a massive traumatic experience but also her being so vulnerable with Fiona just doesn't seem like something she would do and also then in the subsequent scenes where she tells Fiona and Cordelia that she had hired Hank to like murder them and he was a witch hunter for years for all his life basically and Fiona is like crying she's shedding tears almost involuntarily because She's afraid for the well-being of the the witches, like as a, as a global thing. But that's not Fiona. Like, she she's entirely self-centered. She all she's guided by is her own self-interest. So even when Marie is being vulnerable with her, all she really wants is to find out how she became immortal and forever young and beautiful. Because I think I can believe that
1: Fiona's being just duplicitous in this moment mm-hmm. but it seems like Marie isn't because what would she want out of Fiona in this very moment I guess except for some level of protection yeah shelter yeah. and it just seems odd because she is 300 years old mm-hmm. and yes she experienced something very traumatic but I imagine she experienced a lot of stuff yeah. over 300 years of history quite a lot of stuff happened <laughs> several wars mm-hmm. Um, yeah so the idea that I don't know. I do find the idea that this this particular traumatic event would be the thing that, like, you
0: know, that I brings know. them together. Yeah,
1: yeah, bring yeah brings her down to some level where she is she sees herself as a victim, I guess. Mm.
0: And also, Fiona is so cruel to Cordelia in that scene where they're talking in the kitchen, and the whole hang thing is revealed. Like she is. Re- extremely mean to her. Which then, like, pushes Cordelia to have almost like an ex- like an identity crisis. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, ma'am, sorry.
1: Like, I know you're mad because your daughter got married to a witch hunter. You are fucking an axe murderer. So, <laughs> uh, excuse me, a ghost Step, axe murderer. The ghost of an axe murderer made me ta- take several steps back.
0: <laughs> also, you are a terrible supreme, madam, and a terrible mother. Uh, maybe don't yell at your daughter who's been holding this coven together while, while you were gallivanting around fucking the ghosts of serial killers. <laughs> Is like, for her to have the audacity to be like, you have such bad taste in men. <laughs> like, you're ruining this whole coven because of your bad taste in men. Really? Really, Fiona? am really sit down and before before we go on to um, Fiona trying to be nice to Misty shall we talk about Cordelia and the fact that she's going through this crisis because of this realization and how mean Fiona is to her and everyone starts being really cruel to her as well and the way that Myrtle tries to comfort her where um, she's like, you should maybe make, make salad sauce, and would we'll be a a
1: hostess on a cruise. It <laughs> <laughs> oh, really broke my heart. <laughs> like <it> was so... <laughs> <laughs> what was she say? What, oh, wait, what was what did she say that it was a a demi tasse de réalité or something? It was ridiculous. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It was like I'm just trying to be realistic. What can you do when your mother's when your mother is Hillary Clinton? Which I was like, okay. that uh, that has aged. Interestingly, but I don't think it was like relevant at the
1: time. <laughs> I don't know if it's aged poorly. It was like poor to begin with.
0: Yeah, it was actually. I think it was actually like poorer to begin with. I
1: guess. She's a politician, and Fiona Good is a witch. <laughs> I don't... It doesn't... It, personally, it does
0: not track for me. Shall we go into the, the main event of the episode? Yes. Because it, it does kind of really pretty much go... It's like the second main scene of the episode. A massive flex by Fiona, where she... Has seemingly decided that Misty Day is the next Supreme, so she decides to start sucking up to Misty, and she does it by ringing up her good, close personal friend Stevie Nicks, a Fleetwood Back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> aka the White Witch. She refers to her as the White Witch uh, to ask her to perform a little a little song in the Common House. Just because. Just
1: <laughs> and and teach Missy Day how to twirl in her shawl.
0: What did you make of that? Um, well, no, actually, what did you make of the, the cameo, but also of the scenes between the coven and Stevie Nicks?
1: I'd lost it during the twirling because it's image <laughs> of just two women just like in a living room just twirling around with like three people standing there watching them. <laughs> I mean, I love this so much. This because- is peak. Yeah, and it makes sense. It's I mean, the the full extent of the idea is, you know, what if she was being literal mm-hmm. <laughs> when she is, she's still around. <laughs> what if she's being literal when, when she's talking about herself being the white witch? Mm-hmm. Um, And why not? Why not just have Stevie? If you can have Stevie Nicks come on your TV show, why the hell not?
0: <laughs> this is peak Ryan Murphy in the sense that he likes bringing in celebrities into his shows to play off of their public persona so because there was a lot of um culturally a lot of people in the 80s and the 90s thought that Stevie Nicks was an actual witch and they thought that she was like a satan worshiper and uh, a practitioner of like dark magic or whatnot she actually she did spend a lot of years like publicly basically saying i'm not a i'm not a witch i just like black clothes that's it just like dressing in black like it's fine um i did love that like the just bringing her in and just performing a little song
1: for her to be like psych i am a witch (laughs) <laughs> I was like, the whole time, I'm actually a witch.
0: <laughs> I actually don't think that Lily Rav was performing when she fainted. I think that was probably just her reaction. I can, like, in my head, I wanted yeah. to imagine that nobody told her that <laughs> Stevie Nicks yes. was going to be on set. just oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, that's everyone's reaction oh, when 100%. they're confronted with Stevie Nicks, right? <laughs> 100%. Also, that's a great shawl that she gives to Misty. Like, it's a really beautiful shawl.
1: And I do wonder if it I mean it's not actually hers. It would have been nice if it was actually her shawl that yeah. she brought onto set. Be cute. It Probably would be cute. not. Probably not. But she has many like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um that scene kinda leads on nicely into the next one because Madison is so jealous that Misty Day gets to meet her favorite artist that she's like, you know, well I like Eminem. <laughs> Oh,
1: yeah, and I love Fiona. slide. <laughs> yes. Marshall, you're not his type.
0: Which I Does did. she know
1: Eminem? Is Eminem also a witch?
0: She's exactly. It's like, A, how do you know Eminem? B, why are you on first name basis with Eminem? And C, what is his type? <laughs> I would have thought his type would have been
1: Madison Montgomery.
0: <laughs> There's like a lot of weird celebrity digs in this episode that I'm just like, I'm going to need you to expand on what you mean by you're not his type.
1: He hates witches. <laughs> Maybe that's why she knows him. Maybe. He's a witch hunter. <gasps> I'm going to get sued. Yeah, yeah, let's just say no. Allegedly,
0: Eminem has never been accused of witchcraft or of witch hunting. Um, there is, this is based on nothing except an episode of American Horror Story Coven. And the fact that
1: his lyrics are quite misogynistic. Yeah. Allegedly as Allegedly. I alleged myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know who you just remind me of? Uh when Michael Scott is trying to represent himself in a fictional court. <laughs> <laughs> that is me.
1: <laughs> I am Michael Scott. <laughs> Michaela Scott. Yes,
0: I am Beyoncé always. Isn't that what he says? Oh, I love The Office. <laughs> Me too. Um, so Madison is so jealous that she, as you would, lures Misty to a um a funeral procession, very a very kind of New Orleans um tradition, and then uh <laughs> buries her alive and steals her shawl. And steals her shawl. Honestly, That's
1: mean just I did love like I knew it was inevitable that they were going to feature hmm. a funeral procession in the show because yeah. it's such a distinctive part of of like the cult I guess like death culture in mm-hmm. New Orleans um but it just they were it, it just looked great
0: and yeah and it was also quite casual in the sense that you know they do happen quite often on those streets so it just seemed like they weren't they just bumped into one and kind of joined in and that was also fine and that happens all the mm. time in that city
1: yeah like i i, I liked exactly what you said it, it felt like oh this is very much a part of the city that is part of the texture and a mm. part of what happens instead of um i don't know trying to like touristize it yeah <laughs> that's not a word but you know <laughs>
0: And I like seeing Misty become a little bit more confident, just have a little confidence boost, a little bit from um from meeting Stevie and a little bit about different people telling her that she is very powerful, that she's not taking any shit from Madison. Except, Except she kind of did. Because <laughs> she got buried alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was fooled, but she wasn't taking any shit. True. This is True. <laughs> And then we've got Zoe and Nan who go to visit Luke, but Luke is obviously dead because his mum murdered him. Patty via... Lapone murdered him. Yes. Murder via bee and murder via pillow. And so they go and they Nan also, who's been growing her powers, then decides to murder Patty Lapone. Everyone's very angry <laughs> in this episode.
1: Yeah, but I kind of, I, I do like how this episode is starting to ramp up the, you know, the race for Supreme. <laughs> yeah. Because for so much of the season, it's it's just always been like one person that mm-hmm. oh, they all think it's Madison and then they all think it's Zoe and then they all, you know, uh, to have this sort of, yeah, this sort of like growing tension in between all these women. It's just building and building, building, and you know it's going to you know, explode at some point. Mm-hmm. And so you just get very excited waiting for that moment.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if you remember watching it for the first time when we when you didn't know who was going to be the Supreme. But I remember at this stage being quite genuinely confused, like genuinely not knowing who could it be, because the show would give you enough information to think that anybody could be it. Like there was good solid reasons to believe that Misty could be the Supreme, Nan could be the Supreme, Zoe could be the Supreme. Like, they would always give all the characters the possibility of power. Um, But also, they all seem to then develop a certain ruthlessness that that also seemed necessary to be the Supreme. And I quite like that for Nan as well, because she has been pretty much the both the moral compass and kind of a a source of just niceness and innocence and here she she gets that ruthless edge to her as well
1: yeah although I guess it's coming from a like I not advocating murdering Patti (laughs) Lepone. never but (laughs) I it's interesting how Her rage comes from quite a selfless place. It's because she loved this boy, Mm. and the the rage at discovering that his mother killed him. Mm. You know, when you because you look at kind of Madison and even Zoe with the whole Kyle thing is she's not really doing it for selfless reasons. Let's be honest. It's because she thought he was hot, and then he was dead, and she wanted him to not be dead anymore, Mm -hmm. but still hot. Uh, (laughs) And so yeah it it it's i i find her trajectory really interesting because like she's so coming into her own power but it's it's through the the rage of injustice in a way mm. <laughs> that is really fueling that while so many of the other characters are are being fueled by quite yeah just selfish reason reasons
0: that's a really nice way of putting it and I'm Team Nan. <laughs> Always Nan. Team Nan. <laughs> Ordinarily would also be Team Patty Lupone, except in this season she is quite heinous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um but to dig in a little bit more into the Mary Laveau Fiona relationship, they team up to cast a spell on the Delphi Trust to essentially bankrupt them which i really liked it's like oh yeah the only thing that they care about is money they don't really care about witches that much <laughs> it's just you need you will ruin them by ruining them financially and i also really loved the way that they cast the spell by kind of creating that little maze with the little rat and the little oh, yeah. thingy and then it automatically it <laughs> sort of like cut to a man running through corporate corridors um, to get to I don't know someone else some other middle manager to deliver some news and I I like the visual representation of corporate life as a, as a pointless rat race
1: yeah and it's a spell for Hecate mm-hmm. Hecate Hecate. Hecate why do I always say it wrong I literally studied this university it's really embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> I mean I only know how to
0: pronounce it because they say it a lot in the um third season onwards of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh they do. Yeah, they do.
1: They do. Which I will say they actually they actually got the things that they say about her, they actually got right. She is the mother of angels and the mm-hmm. cosmic world sold, but only in the post like Christian era, not during the classical Greek period,
0: which is where she originates. This is not a digression I expected, but I welcome it.
1: <laughs> Look, I thought I would just drop a little classical knowledge to start by it. mispronouncing her name. Because, <laughs> you know, you got to have a balance. Uh, but yeah, during the Greek pitch, she was like a goddess of witchcraft. She had kind of a weird role. No one really knew what to do with her. Hmm. <laughs> but she protected the household. She was a goddess of like night and light and witchcraft and herbs poisonous plants sweet um, crossroads random (laughs) well he just had a god for
0: everything fair (laughs) very fair and (laughs) also well we learn a little bit more about the deal that Mary Laveau did with Papa Legba and Fiona obviously tries to do the same but he's like (laughs) lols you have no soul (laughs) You're a butt. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene so much because those. <sighs> I love it because it's 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 just you know. Fiona is truly dead inside. I make that joke a lot, but. She truly is dead inside. But she,
1: li- she's, she's bought in the episode of The Simpsons where he sells his soul and then he can't <laughs> laugh anymore. <laughs> well where did her soul go? But she was just born without one? I, I don't. maybe
0: it got erased because she's such a bad person. Her soul went, I'm out of here. <laughs> maybe like it just keeps getting erased with every single burn and every single line of cocaine that she does.
1: Yeah, I'm just I'm interested in the sort of um philosophical implications of her literally because I'm guessing she must literally have no soul and Papa Legba's not like you're
0: a bitch <laughs> well I'm I not- don't know it's not explained because <laughs> on the one hand there is a, like the only thing the text is giving us is that Papa Legba is like no babes you're too much of a bitch even for me even for the hell you're too much we <laughs> can't be that surely <laughs> but on the other (laughs) hand like in this universe a soul is is a thing it's like a thing you can barter with in Mm. exchange for favors from this um he's presented as a god which is not entirely correct um but anyway we'll discuss that later but like so where did it go like did you do another trade with the devil or another type of devil like what did you did was she born without one? What happened? Did the Axeman eat it? Like, what happened? <laughs> Did the <X-Men> eat it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, don't kink shame. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, I will never kink shame, but I will shame you for fancying the Axeman. <laughs> <laughs> Just
1: let me have this one. <laughs>
0: he's all yours. Like literally I don't wanna even gonna go near that particular serial killer ghost.
1: (laughs) Look, everyone who watches American horror story has just like one serial killer that they're down to clown with
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? Are you joking? Wait till we get to like season four and season five. Oh true. True. We're gonna have issues in season (laughs) five. Okay, maybe I
1: have two. <laughs> oh, I definitely have more than two.
0: <laughs> Don't worry, in this, in this, like, in, in our dynamic, I'm definitely the one without a soul. <laughs> I'm the one to judge. I just love jazz.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's my
0: weakness. My love of jazz. Oh my gosh, maybe I should introduce you to someone. <laughs> I would never do that to you. He is a terrible person.
1: Okay, don't do that. <laughs> no, I would. Do not remember good, good jazz
0: man? Can be an X man though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So after that burn, um, Marie and Fiona, because Papa Legba needs his his yearly. Soul, he needs his yearly like donation from Marie Laveau. That is a weird way of saying it, but basically, he gave her immortality in exchange for the innocent soul of her baby straight Mm, after
1: subscription fee, yeah, like Spotify.
0: On, like don't I will get sued for this, Do, please don't sue me, but you know th- maybe that's where subscription fees are going. It's like eventually they <laughs> just demand more and more of you, otherwise you can't you can only listen to things on shuffle, and who's got time for that? <laughs> Look, you can have Disney Plus
1: and h b o bags, but you must give us one innocent soul <laughs> in respect <return. laughs> you get a whole full year of unlimited movies, every Marvel movie in the exchange for one soul,
0: you know what, yes. <laughs> fine <laughs> it's worth it Um, so they instead of giving Papa Legba a baby they go and kill Nan <laughs> I can't I, it's a tragic moment because they they literally um, drown her in the bathtub but then they also say like well you know she's mostly innocent she killed someone but you know it doesn't count because she was mean. And I love Papa Legba, who's like, at first was like, hell no,
1: what the fuck? <laughs> I asked you for one thing. This is not it. And then 20 seconds later, he's like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Nan. Come to the a magical... I kind of want to go to wherever that place is. Because it sounds great. He's like, there's so much shit for you here. Come on. Yeah, and Candy, she's like...
0: puppies. Your boyfriend
1: oh yeah maybe more
0: outfits because nan is concerned about having to wear the same outfit for all of eternity he's like don't worry babes it's fine don't worry
1: there's a whole h&m in there (laughs) (laughs) you will never be in
0: want (laughs) and what else do we need to discuss from this episode aside from the final scene where Stevie Nicks is still in the coven house, but now she's just performing a song just for Fiona? Yeah, or I imagine she was just like doing
1: her thing and Fiona happened to be there.
0: Well, I had a lot of questions about I know <laughs> I had a lot of questions about the scene because it was like, has she has Stevie been here the whole day? Is she based in New yeah. Orleans? Did she come back? Like what was she do- what was she doing? Because now it's nighttime. And they're having a little drink, which is cute. And she's playing a song, and it's really wonderful. And Fiona is just sort of, you know, lounging and thinking and looking gorgeous. But I'm still concerned. Like, what? Why was Stevie there all this time while Every Fiona was stay. off? <laughs> while Fiona was off, like murdering Nan. <laughs>
1: True. I mean, but she. But she just like that. That's a big house. There's guest rooms. What she's gonna fly over from LA and do two flights in one day? No. You offer her an overnight stay. <laughs>
0: well, I need more details. For an episode Breakfast in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> For an episode that's titled The Magical Delights of Stevie Nicks. I want more Stevie Nicks. <laughs> True.
1: True, we could have had more Stevie Nicks.
0: <laughs> but I do appreciate greatly the way that um Jessica Lang Fiona sort of she places herself on the couch in a way that is not a way that anybody who is thinking about morality and the fact that they've just been told that they literally have no soul that a person who's considering the fact that they are soulless does not lounge in that way I don't think
1: (laughs) (laughs) true but is it the way you lounge when you're listening to stevie nicks as
0: if uh. there's a camera crew around you. <laughs> this
1: is not Probably. how you lounge when you listen to Stevie Nicks.
0: <laughs> oh, I guess I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a very real possibility that I've just been doing it wrong.
1: I've been lounging like, incorrectly. Try it and a whole <laughs> new world will open up for you.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> um before we move on to our categories, is there anything that we haven't discussed from this episode?
1: Uh, theremin. theremin. Oh
0: my god! <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: come on. <laughs> I would love to play the theremin.
0: You know what? As I was watching mortal play the theremin, I was thinking that is such a clarice instrument to play.
1: It's such a mean instrument to play. It just because it seems easy you just shove your finger in there and you go wee, wee, wee.
0: yeah <laughs> i don't it does it does seem quite magical i never understand exactly how it works so it always seems amazing oh, to me
1: it's like sound waves right and you your finger interrupts the waves
0: so it's actually probably the most pandemic friendly instrument to play because you're not actually touching anything
1: true and it's spooky it is <laughs> <laughs> can capture the mood of the era, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just I love the I just love the theremin, and I would really love for the scene that was missing from this was a a, a duet, Stevie on the piano, <laughs> Myrtle on the theremin. Yes, wouldn't that have been great?
0: Misty twirling, Fiona lounging. Oh my god! I can hear the fly. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm no, really sorry. Fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, so shall we move on to our categories? Yes. What was your top quote of the episode?
1: Don't be a hater, dear. <laughs> when Cordelia's trying to diss on the theremin.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a it's that's iconic. a trash opinion. It is. And it's uh it's an iconic line. I'm gonna say that my line was <sighs> It was gonna. I was thinking of that, but I think it's gonna be Nan where she goes Fiona's a bitch. I'm going to be a nice supreme because you know what? It's you know, it's a mood, and she would have been a nice supreme.
1: Oh, I just love Nan. She's great. She's So cool.
0: And what about the best song?
1: Uh, Rihanna. I mean, obviously, there's no. The- like, obviously. What? Yeah. Obviously Rihanna Just no like away. Supreme uh Stevie Nicks track. One hundred. Performed by Stevie Nicks.
0: And what about the best fit of the episode?
1: I mean I think this is the thing, I keep getting distracted by Madison because she's wearing all these feathers. And yes. it's very and, it, and I keep wanting to pick that, but no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh It has to go to Misty with the top hat, the sort of like Stevie Nicks cosplay. Yes. <laughs> she's got the top hat and the shawl, and there's a skirt situation, boots, the
0: gold waistcoat as well, the gold waistcoat, the yes. feather in her hair. Mm. That that's my pick as well. That's the best outfit. Yeah
1: it's so good and she's stuck in it forever now
0: (laughs) so it's a good thing she was wearing that outfit when she got kicked into the coffin it's a good outfit to be stuck in for all eternity uh huh and what about the best witch pun oh um
1: oh my god where I write it down
0: I pick one up but I'm not sure it counts as a pun it's just a weird it's a weird thing that Madison says
1: what is it?
0: Where she goes, for witches, you guys are such squares. <laughs> I'm just, okay.
1: <laughs> These are squares. <laughs> Sorry, we're not in a John Waters movie. <laughs> uh-huh. There is one. It's when they, they talk about they're about to go to Atlanta. And Fiona says, before we hop on our broomsticks. Ah! A so, good one, because so they're witches—they probably took a plane.
0: <laughs> and what about the MVP of the episode, Stevie Nicks? Stevie Nicks,
1: because she is just there. Piano twelve shawl, just no, not a care in the world. <laughs> what about yours?
0: I'm just thinking. Oh, this one is a difficult one because everybody kind of loses. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say Misty. I know she ends up like getting put in a coffin and buried alive. But also she got to meet Stevie Nicks. And she got a little little jolt of self-love. And got to meet her idol and got a little shawl. And had a nice moment. I'm happy sure. for her. And then... Did you pick up on any insensitive historical references this week?
1: Um. Yes. So, yes. um, Papa Papa Legba, hmm, kind of like an interesting. So obviously that's wrong. <laughs> yes, <laughs> They didn't do it. Any of it. It's right. not just an
0: insensitive historical <laughs> references. Just downright everything is wrong.
1: Yeah. So he is a a spirit. I think it's a a lower. Am I saying that right? In, yeah. In Voodoo, and and he is the intermediary between the spirit world and and humanity, and he helps um, facilitate that communication. You you sort of invoke him before uh, a ritual, and he is stereotypically an old man with uh, either a crutch or a cane. He has a, a broad brimmed straw hat, he's smoking a pipe, and sometimes he's got a dog, and the dog is sacred because. Obviously. <laughs> uh, I will say in, in other places, so I think in Benin, um, Nigeria, and Togo, he is younger and he's more of a trickster. Mm-hmm. Um, but where they actually seem to have gotten this version of Papa Legba is they probably stole aspects of Baron Samedi who is the lower of the, the dead and fertility. And he is rocking the top hat, the blacktail Co um basically, he's dressed as a corpse ready for burial, so sometimes he's a skeleton, sometimes he's got kind of a skull face painted on. Uh, also the inspiration for Dr. Facilier in Princess and the Frog oh. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I don't know if they've officially confirmed that, but mm-hmm. it seems to be quite obviously where they got that whole look from, especially because he's got the the skull painted on during parts of that movie, nice. um, so he looks quite similar to Papa Legba mm-hmm. in American Horror Story, not in real life, where it is an incorrect representation. <laughs> um, Very nice. uh, but he his job is he um, well he he's in charge of resurrection or he does resurrection. Um, and he also um, is the greeter of souls. So when you die, he digs your grave and then he says, hi, come on, you're dead now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he does also make deals. So I think, in fact, they if they had just called this character Baron Samedi, they would have been mm-hmm. semi-accurate. mm mm-hmm. Because he is also like a little bit of a debauched man, he likes his his cigars and his parties, so like a lot of the yeah a lot of the the characteristics of of that spirit actually apply to this version of Papa Legba. So they probably should have just not called him Papa Legba. Amazing, and that would have been less of a disaster. <laughs> Still, probably a little bit of a disaster, but you know.
0: Yeah, it's just picking and choosing the things that look good and sound spooky.
1: Yeah, I guess because it's Papa. Yeah. But Baron's cool.
0: Baron is also Baron cool. Baron
1: is a cool name. I don't yeah. know. It is weird that they didn't just call him that and mm. then it would have actually reflected where they got the inspiration from. But mm.
0: AHS, got an AHS. <laughs> I actually have one too, which is more- also to do with Mary Laveau. Um, as if it wasn't obvious enough that I... I'm obsessed with her. I obviously do not know everything about her. And it's it's important to note, I think, that even in the biographies of her and a lot of the stuff that's out there about her, a lot of the stuff is unconfirmed because the records are really sketchy. Even her date of birth is still kind of disputed. But the one thing that we uh, that I wanted to point out is that the show says this episode is that she gives birth to a child and has to give that child to Papa Legba. And he tells her that motherhood is not on the cards for her, so it's it's very much like presented that she never has more children. Also, just as a as a aside to this point, the show in this episode tells us that Bastien is the father of her child, which then like completely deepens their relationship, and it was not at all discussed up until this point. Like Bastien was just her lover, not like the father of her child, that then got taken away by Papa Legba. So small thing that then I was like, oh wow, but like, you really fucked that up, didn't you? Mm. But basically the real life Mary Laveau definitely had children, had many children. She had two children with her first husband, Jacques Paris, and he um disappeared and so she was a called herself the widow Perry for a few years while she oh. was raising her kids, and then she got married again to another man called <laughs> And I do apologize for butchering the French names, Clarisse. But a man <laughs> called, called Jean-Louis Christophe Duminid Lapion. And they had, I read in some places, up to 15 children. Whoa! Yeah. And don't know if it was wow. that many. And some of them did die um, because of yellow fever outbreaks. So not all of them survived to adulthood. But... I think I might have mentioned it on this podcast before that one of the um, one of the ideas or the theories behind this legend that Marie Laveau was immortal was because her one of her daughters, who was also called Marie, looked a lot like Marie Laveau. So at some point, when Marie retired from practicing voodoo and from doing all the work that she was doing, she essentially transitioned. Her power and her persona to her daughter, so who was operating under the same name and looked a lot like her mother. So people thought that Mary Laveau, the elder was just y- young and powerful for an unnatural amount of time. And Reese Witherspoon should try that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ageless. <laughs> um. So yeah. So that's my uh insensitive historical reference is the fact that Mary lobeau actually had many children and um not was not kind of you know vying for motherhood and had that taken away for her from her that's really interesting but she's very interesting <laughs> <laughs> um so I think that's it for this episode. What mm-hmm. can we
1: expect from the next one? In the next episode, Fiona and Marie face off with the Delphi Trust Corporation. Although on the show, they call it Delphi Trust, but I don't, I don't like that.
0: Yeah, me either. It's like, <laughs> ni- it's like niche instead of niche. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We'll be back next Wednesday with a recap of American Horror Story covered. In the meantime, send us your thoughts on Twitter. Follow us at Pod. Also, you can find me at Clarice Liu.
0: And I am at Anna B. Demented. Stevie Nicks is not a witch. She's categorically not a witch. She had maybe, to put out a statement. Maybe she is, though. <laughs> I went down a rabbit <laughs> hole of her putting out statements in the 90s about how, like, guys, I am not a witch. Calm yourselves. Yeah, but I'm just saying. What if she is though?
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's next, like, Don't
0: sue me. She apparently in the 80s got upset because like people were so paranoid about her being a witch and a Satan worshipper that she didn't wear black clothes, and she was like, "Guys, I bought so many beautiful, expensive black clothes, and now I have to wear beige all the time. Can you just calm down?"
1: Yeah, but now it's like fun to be a Satanist. So come on, Stevie. Well,
0: also, great merchandise, as we've discussed before. <laughs>
1: great merchandise.